Well, recent studies have shown that those who hold grudges are more likely to struggle with severe depression, PTSD, and a number of other health conditions. Meanwhile, the, the, the act of forgiving others helps by lowering the risk of heart attack, uh, improving cholesterol levels and sleep, and reducing pain, blood pressure, and levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. 62% of Americans say that they need more forgiveness in their life. The good news is you can have it. It's available to you. That's what we're going to dive into today as we finish up this series. We're looking at the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. Uh, but uh, we appreciate, I know the guys just uh, collected our offering. We appreciate your generosity in that. And let me just tell you a little bit about what that does. Number one, we want to celebrate people like uh, Jordan, who uh, took a big plunge last weekend and gave her life to Christ. And so we want to give it up for Jordan. And, you know, I sure get excited about guys like Justin, and the, that's the thing about Celebrate Recovery is when people come to us and, and, uh, and they've got a lot of addictions and issues that they're struggling through, as they find freedom in that, they, they sometimes leave us because they're going back home. And so we're excited for him and how God is going to continue to work in his life. But uh, it's also stories like this. Last week, we had a starting point, and we, we just want to welcome a number of brand new members to our church I'm going to read off this list to you. Here's Welcome to these new members. Melissa Allen, Kristen Barr, Jessica Brock, Sarah Burgeon, Haley Damala, Ashley, Charlene, and Chris French, Wayne Girdley, Krista Johnson, Deanna Moody, Marissa Rice, Shirley Samples, Jessica Sims, Haley Smith, Vicki Taylor, and Jeremy Wilbert. So give it up for those folks. Just really, really awesome, incredible, incredible stuff there. Hey, uh, next weekend, you know, is our is our just the day we look forward to all year long, the Super Bowl of preaching, and man, I'm so excited. We're expecting a number of people here in three services, and I just want to do something that's a little weird maybe, but just for us and kind of uh, as we're thinking things out, if you could do me a huge favor right now, I know I'm catching you off guard, but we're having three services, one at 9, one at 10.15, and one at 11.30. Would you do me a huge favor? Would you raise your hand if you think you're going to come to the 9 o'clock? Okay. Okay. Now, uh, would, you put your, would you raise your hand if you think you're going to come to the 10.15? Okay. All right. Anybody in here that's going to come at 11.30? Probably not in this service. Yeah, you guys are going to be at all of them. Okay, great. Thank you, thank you for that. Uh, we we uh, we appreciate that, and, and glad that so many of you are going to come at nine because that's what our concern has been. That the, we we imagine ten fifteen and eleven thirty are going to be packed. So uh, appreciate you guys getting up a little bit earlier that day. It's going to be going to be awesome. Well, today we are wrapping up this series on the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. I love his story. Because this is a guy, he just keeps taking punches in life, but he just keeps getting back up. And, and you know, if you've been with us, if you know much about his story, uh, you, you know that it's, it's so inspiring and it's encouraging because we know that we're going to take punches every once in a while. Life has a way of throwing things at you that you didn't see coming and, and it knocks you down. And what, what really makes the difference is those who get back up, those who keep trusting that God has a plan for their life and that he has something better in store, and they keep moving. Now, this, this series has probably felt pretty defensive. You know, we're talking about taking a punch. 
Uh, and so after Super Bowl Sunday, I'm really excited to start a new series looking at the New Testament book of James. We're going to call that Faith in the Ring, where if this one is a little more defensive, that one is more of how, do, how does your faith play out? How do you go on the offense and uh, kind of fight back? So excited about that. And we're going to be going through that as, as small groups. If you have not signed up yet to be part of a small group, man, would love for you to do that today. Today's the last day we're going to have the, uh, the group leaders and the tables out in the lobby. So uh, please sign up. It's a six-week thing. We, we've published the curriculum in-house. It goes right along with our sermon series, so it goes a little deeper. But it's just six weeks, so uh, you're not committing to a, a whole lot. It's just an easy off-ramp there at the end of six weeks. But would love for you to be part of that and get to know some other folks here at the church. But with Joseph, uh, back to him. You know, we know that he had a little bit of an ego problem. He, he, he's really struggling with, you know, kind of torn between pride and humility. It's just, just right there on a knife's edge. And, uh, and that causes him... At least some of the problems that he faces, it makes him maybe a little bit worse. But uh, for him, he was the favorite child, his dad's favorite child, which is why he gave him that, that coat of many colors, which is an expensive gift. And then he also had the gift of being able to receive dreams and interpret dreams. And that was God's, God was speaking to him. And so he told his brothers, you know, on a couple occasions, hey, I had this dream that you guys were bowing down to me. And and they really hated him for that, so they sold him into slavery. He ends up down in Egypt. I mean, it, just, it rips their family apart. But he ends up down in, in Egypt, and he's working for this, this high-ranking official and uh, doing such a great job there. That this guy's house, his whole house is being blessed. Everybody's being blessed as a result of Joseph's a great leader, and God is just using him in big ways. But that guy, the official's wife... Uh, decides that she wants to have an affair with him, and he resists her. She falsely accuses him of being a sexual predator, so then he's in prison, and he spends time in prison there where he's interpreting dreams, and, and he rises through the ranks there. The jailer's counting on him because he's, he's sort of put him in charge of all the other prisoners there, and, uh, and, and he interprets dreams, and then he's forgotten once again. And, and that's where we kind of left things last week was when the Pharaoh had a dream that he needed to interpret, an interpreter. And so they called Joseph, and he interprets the dream saying, hey, what, what's going to happen is we're, we're going to have seven great years here in Egypt, followed by seven years of famine, where nothing's going to grow. And so we need to plan for that. And so the Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge. He's second in command and, you know, the second most powerful man in the world at the time. And he does a tremendous job, and, and uh, Egypt's doing well, where other people are coming to them in search of grain during the famine, which is when he's finally reunited with his brothers. All these years later, they come and they bow down to him, asking for help and, and trying, to find, uh, trying to find resources. And we see just the, the, the kind of the, the fulfillment of that dream that he had so long ago, and we're going to pick it up and go further, talk about what it means to have energy for resiliency. We talked a lot about humility uh, and, and, and Joseph's maturity and how God was using these events to shape him. But what we're going to see today and what is so important for you and me is, is to understand this, that the forgiveness that you operate in will determine your capacity to take a punch. 
You know, I know some of us, we might think that we're tough guys. You know, I'm, I'm tough. I can handle whatever comes my way. And, and yeah, I hold grudges. And, and you, you take a shot at me, and I'm going to remember that forever, and I'm going to look for ways to, to hit you back. And we think that that's really strength. But what, what you're going to see is, is the reverse is true. Uh, it is in your ability to be able to forgive, to take the high road. That's strength. That's true strength, to, to have that kind of maturity. Uh, I love the website, theartofmanliness.com. I, I keep talking about it every week uh, because it's, it's funny how it's this, this article that was on the website about how to, how to survive a punch, how it lines up with Joseph's story. And here's another piece of advice that they give. If you're going to survive, if you want to minimize the impact and not get knocked out, if somebody decides to try to punch you in the head, here's what you do. They say you should strengthen your core. Boxers spend a lot of time doing sit-ups and other core exercises. They do this in part to strengthen their core to receive body shots. In fact, boxers will often use a medicine ball to simulate body punches, strengthening the ability of their abdominal muscles to clench and to brace when receiving these kinds of blows. So work on your sit-ups, folks. When you go home, do some crunches, you know, whatever. Do, do that stuff. Because here's the main idea here is strengthen your core. You've got to strengthen. Their, this is central to who you are and who you will become as a person. I hope you know we're not just talking about taking physical punches here. Right? You know, you, you get what I'm, what I'm talking about. We're not talking about strengthening your core, the forgiveness that you and I operate in is going to determine our capacity to take a punch. When life throws hard things at us, how can we get back up? If you're a, if you're a forgiving person, you're going to be a lot stronger. We know that uh, exercise and, and rest, those are things that are important to be healthy and have energy. Everybody knows that. But the thing that nobody talks about that much that is just as important is attitude. I'm amazed at people who go through a health issue and, and maybe they go to the hospital, they get a bad diagnosis. You, can, you look at two people and, and one person will just deteriorate and, and they just, they just give, you see them give up. You ever see people that do that? They just totally give up and, and just fall apart and, you, and it's so sad to watch. And then you see these other people that are just fighters. And, and even though it's, it's like the odds are against them, they're going to continue to fight and struggle and strive, and you just see them, it's like something happens within them, this switch flips, where they just, they just kind of muster up this strength that they didn't even know that they had. What is it? It's attitude. You choose your attitude, and that's going to dictate how much energy you have and how resilient you'll be. If you choose to have a negative attitude, it's going to make you a bitter person, uh, and when you're bitter, it makes you resentful. And when you're resentful, you'll forget how to love people. Maybe some of you right now, you say, I, you know, I, I've sort of, I just, I just don't like people. I find myself, I, I'm a loner. I like to be alone. I don't really need people. I don't really like people. You got to, and, and, and you know, maybe, maybe that's like, that's just the way I am. But if we were to track that back, if we were to sit down and, and kind of draw a map of your life, I bet we could pinpoint a few things in your life where there was hurt and there was pain that led to bitterness and, and resent. And, and we fixated on the anger because life didn't go the way that we planned. 
or somebody let me down. We can, we can be defined by that, or we can learn how to come back from those things and find that God still wants to bless your life. He still wants to bless you. Well, let's take a look at what happens in Joseph's story, Genesis 42. It says, when Jacob heard that grain was available in Egypt, he said to his sons, why are you standing around looking at one another? I've heard that there's grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy enough grain to keep us alive, otherwise we'll die. So Joseph's ten older brothers went down to Egypt to buy grain. But Jacob wouldn't let Joseph's younger brother, Benjamin, go with them for fear some harm might come to him. So Jacob's sons arrived in Egypt along with others to buy food for the famine was in Canaan as well. Since Joseph was governor of all Egypt and he was in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was to him that his brothers came. When they arrived, they bowed before him with their faces to the ground. Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where are you from, he demanded. From the land of Canaan, they replied, we've come to buy food. And although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him. And he remembered the dreams he'd had about them many years before. And he said to them, you are spies. You've come to see how vulnerable our land has become. Now here's what you're going to see in a minute. Uh, You're going to see... What an amazing forgiver Joseph is. Where he's come, he's come a long way. And God's really worked on him and sanded off the rough edges. But what you're going to see right now, we're going to see that in a minute. But what you're going to see right now is some of the difficulty that comes with forgiveness. I know that as soon as I I start talking about this issue, some of us immediately begin to bristle. Don't talk to me about forgiveness. Don't talk to me about letting go of of something in the past. I know this is is a process. It's not always cut and dry. I'm I'm not here to make it sound easy. I'm not here to say this is lollipops, rainbows, unicorns. I know that's not the truth. You know that's not the truth. We struggle with this. Why is it that the idea of forgiveness is so divisive? Why is that? I think it's because it's hard to do, one, and it's not fair for two. And when you ask somebody to do something that's hard and not fair, people, people get angry. I don't want to do that. That we push back, don't we? We push back and say, no, that's too hard and that's not fair. And we don't, we don't want any part of it. There's a lot of friction there. What happens with Joseph and, and I, would love for you, I, I would love for you to go back and read his whole story on your own. I really would, uh, to open up God's Word for yourself, because we haven't had time to cover everything, and we won't have time to cover everything that I would like to today. Uh, we just don't have the time, but I'd love for you to get the full picture. But it, it is wild what happens. Uh, you see him get angry at first. You have to remember, again, his brothers don't recognize him at all. It's been years since they've seen him. He was, he was a teenager, 17 years old, when they sold him into slavery. Now it's years later, he's a full-grown man. And not only that, 
He's a Hebrew, but he's living in Egypt as an Egyptian. So he's dressed up as an Egyptian. I imagine he's wearing the, the face paint and the headdress and the clothing, and he doesn't look like a Hebrew. He looks like an Egyptian. He's speaking Egyptian. He's pretending like he doesn't know who they are, so they have no idea what's happened to him, and, and, and he even has an interpreter there to pretend like he doesn't know what they're saying when they're, when they're speaking to each other. And, and this is why this is so important for us, and we'll see this in Joseph's story as well. When it comes to, to you and me and the difficult call of God on our lives to forgive others, just as we have been forgiven, you have to know that forgiveness is freedom, but it's not answers. Forgiveness is about you having freedom. That, that's what this is. Forgiveness is not about letting the other guy go, letting the other guy off. Forgiveness is about you having freedom. God wants you to be free because as long as we're thinking about the things that somebody else did to me some time ago, they still own us. And as long as you're hanging on to that and remembering the injustices, you're living in the past. I love what Anne Lamont said. She said, to not forgive is like drinking deadly poison and expecting the other person to die. When you harbor that bitterness, guess what? It isn't doing anything to that other person. It's not affecting them at all. It's affecting you. It's holding you back. And God has called his people to be free. He's called his people to be people of courage. Ephesians 4 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. And when you do that, when you extend grace to somebody that doesn't deserve it, they, they can't do anything to earn it, there's nothing they can do to make it right, what you do is you will find that you're free. You found freedom for yourself. It's not about letting them off the hook, but you've just opened the prison door for yourself. For Joseph, you put yourself in his place, the horrible things that they'd done to him, and now they show up. He could have thrown them into prison. He had the power to do that, had the authority. Could have thrown them into prison, could have denied them food. And just let him starve to death. You know, if he, re if he really wanted to make him suffer, some of the ways that he suffered. I mean, this guy, he sure spent lots of time in prison. He didn't deserve to be there. A horrible place to be. He could have stuck them right in there. He could have, he could have uh, had, him, had him killed if he wanted. He, he, but he doesn't do any of those things. And, and even though he might have felt like that's what they deserved, it wouldn't have changed anything. And we sure wouldn't be talking about him today. That's the other part that we, we have to acknowledge, that even though, even though forgiveness frees you, it doesn't provide you with answers. Because you might think, and, and I, I know where your brain might be going, is, is you think about somebody in your life that's wronged you, and the, I, the prospect of, of, of letting that go, immediately you think, well, what about their consequences? You know, I mean... How, how, why don't I get any satisfaction? What, what's what's going to happen to them? Uh, you know, should I, should I 
have a relationship with this person? Should I try? Should I ignore them? What kind of boundaries need to be in place? Because boundaries are important. And if, if somebody's really wronged you, it's one thing to forgive them. But if somebody's stolen from you, I hope, that you're, I hope that you're able to forgive them. But I also hope that you don't put them in charge of your checkbook. You know That wouldn't be very good. So boundaries, boundaries are good. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that we have all the answers in the moment. It's going to be a process. It's going to be, I think we like to see everything as, as easy. Uh, you know, sometimes people will ask me a question after a, after a message like this, and they say, okay, well, you said this. Well, here's my life situation, and they'll tell me a story that's something tragic that's happened, and it's, 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 it's heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, and, and there's layers to it. And you're talking about years of problems and complicated stuff, and they say, so what do I do? I say, is that the way things work in your life, that these difficult issues have easy solutions? It's not the way it works. There's no easy answers. It's a, it's a process. We've got to figure it out. But having a, having a posture of being willing to forgive, that I'm willing to forgive, that's a godly attitude. It doesn't mean you get it right every time. And it doesn't mean that you won't struggle with it. Even You say, well, I forgave that person, but... Boy, today I, I sort of feel like I've got a little bit of, you know, a little bit of something. I feel a little bit. That's all right. It's just, this is a process. It's not cut and dry. But here's, here's something else. Forgiveness is simple, but it's not easy. It's never easy. It's not complicated. It is a simple thing to do. When Jesus used the word forgive, what it meant was release. That's, that's the heart of that word, release, let go. It means that even if somebody doesn't come and ask you for forgiveness, even if they don't ask, you still make the choice to, to let it go, to not think about it, to not dwell on it. You let it go. It's not easy, but it's simple. Jesus said, love your enemy as you love yourself. Love your enemy and pray for people who hurt you. Pray for people who come against you. Uh, that's what he says. Pray for your enemies. He doesn't say pray for only, only the people that you love. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say pray for only the people that treat you well. He says pray for those that, that hate you. And pray for people that you are struggling because you feel like you hate them. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do, but it is a simple thing to do to begin start releasing your bitterness and choosing to, to bless somebody. It frees you. This is about freedom for you. Look again at Genesis 42. Joseph's brothers are standing there, and, and he's just accused them of being spies. They're like, oh boy, we're in trouble. So speaking among themselves, they said, Clearly, and remember, he can hear what they're saying. He understands the language. They don't know that he does. He said, they said, clearly we're being punished because of what we did to Joseph long ago. We saw his anguish when he pleaded for his life, but we wouldn't listen. That's why we're in trouble. And one of the brothers, Reuben, he, he said, didn't I tell you guys not to sin against the boy? He was the only one in his corner. He said, didn't I tell you not to do this, but you wouldn't listen, and now we have to answer for his blood. Of course, they didn't know that Joseph understood them, for he'd been speaking to them through an interpreter, and now he turned away from them and began to weep. When he regained his composure, 
he spoke to them again. Why was he crying there? Why, why this emotional reaction? I have to say, I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I've got, some, uh, I've got some thoughts. Maybe it was because he thought that they'd forgotten all about him. You know, he's, he's been alone all this time and suffering. Maybe he just thought they went on and their life was just fine and dandy. And now he's realized they didn't forget about me. And maybe that was emotional for him. Maybe it was because he knows his family was destroyed and everything's been hard and, and he's had to go through a lot of painful things and this was just a vivid reminder. Maybe this was PTSD for him. Uh, maybe he knew that something amazing was getting ready to happen and he was just you know, overwhelmed by that and overcome by emotion. And not just this time, but, but several times he interacts with them over the course of the next few chapters uh, and, and, and you'll see that if you, if you go back and read it for yourself, Joseph does some really strange things. I'm not going to be able to get into it all today. But he, he asks them to do weird things, and then he does weird things. And, and it causes all this turmoil. And, and you say, why would he do that? What was he, what was he trying to accomplish? And, and my answer is, I have no idea. The only thing I know from reading it and understanding a little bit about what forgiveness is like and how messy it is, uh, this was a process. And what you see with him is this, he is back and forth between anger and trying to forgive and sadness and, and now what do I do? And it's just, he's a mess. He's, he's just struggling to, to kind of find himself composed. There's a lot going on there. And I feel like that is an area that we can be really encouraged today. Because, and we can be gracious with ourselves, there's a lot of complexities. Uh, forgiveness is not easy. And, and there are a lot of emotions that have to be dealt with. And I would say this, that forgiveness is a process, but it's not optional. So many of us want to know, what does God want me to do? What does he want me to do? What, I, I can tell you right now from his word, this is something he wants you to do. He wants you to forgive people that have hurt you. Well, no, he surely doesn't want that. Yeah, he does. If you want to hear a word from God today, that's what he would tell you. Forgive people who've hurt you. Well, that's hard. I don't want to do that. I know. But when was the last time that life was supposed to be all about just doing easy things? He wants you to grow. It's a hard path. It can be a complicated thing to sort through it all. It's, it's one thing if somebody said something that hurt your feelings and then they come to you later. You know, that happens to us all the time. You know, you catch somebody in a bad moment or you're tired or you're hangry, you know, and you say something that you didn't really mean and then you come back, you know, 20 minutes later, hey, I'm so sorry, I just, I needed to eat. I, I don't know where that came from, you know, I didn't mean to say that. And you're like, oh, that's okay, no problem. And you forgive, and that's not that big of a deal, water under the bridge. But what about the person who stole from you, and then they just went away, and you never see them again? How are you supposed to forgive that person? Uh, what about the person who hurt your kid, and then they just deny it? and lie about it, and they gaslight you and make you feel like you're crazy, when they actually absolutely did this thing that they deny that they did, and you know it, and they know it. What about the, what about the boss who made a mistake? They, th it was their mistake, but to cover their own rear end, they blamed it on you and got you fired. 
And now you're struggling and you're like, what do I do now? Now what? I got to get my resume out and brush it out. And how am I, what, what, what am I going to do now? You know, I, have, I, have I hit anybody in here yet? I'm, I'm sure we can all identify with some, there's been some area in our life where somebody did something and they sure didn't ask us to forgive them and we suffer. What, what do we do? It's, it's hard work. That's why Hebrews 12 says that we need to work at living at peace with everyone. It doesn't say, you know, oh, just enjoy peace with everyone. It's, a, it's, like it's almost like it's a job. Like you got to get ready, prepare yourself, go to work at this. Work at living a holy life. It takes effort. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you falls or fails to receive the grace of God. And watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you corrupting many. Man, when I read that line, I just have to say there are people in my life as I think over years and years of, of, uh, of knowing different people and, and hearing stories, when I read that line, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. I, can, I, I see faces of people I say, oh, that's what happened. Look how it messed up their family. I can't tell you how many funerals I've done for guys that, that this was them. They were just bitter, 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 angry, and, and I had to stand there and hold the hand of their, of their daughter who says, uh, boy, I, I know that dad loved us, but he never said it. Boy, he never said it. He just wasn't the type of guy to ever say it. He never really hugged us. He never really, you know, supported us, but I, I think that he loved us and how it's just destroyed their confidence that bitter root, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you and corrupt many. God says, you, you can't miss this. You, you just, this is so, it's so obvious. You know, God, God does not say to us, forgive only if they ask for it. He, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, forgive, unless, of course, you're still angry about it. Then, then you can just hang on for a little while. You know, or forgive unless it really, 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 really hurt. Then if it really hurts, then don't worry about it. This is not an optional thing. God says you have to continue to work at this. You have to. This is my call for you. I want you to work at this. I want you to continue to struggle, to not let this poisonous root of bitterness grow up to trouble you. This is not good for you. It will mess up your life. Now, I've never been one that's been very good at taking medicine. I'm kind of a stubborn old man about that. I just, I got a high pain, I got a high threshold for pain. And uh, sometimes I get a headache, you know, whatever, and, and Megan says, just take a Tylenol, you know, take a Tylenol. I said, I don't want to take a Tylenol. And she'll just keep pushing it on me, like, take a Tylenol, you idiot. And I'm like, I don't want to take a Tylenol. I don't like the way it makes me feel. She says, oh, you mean like when it makes you feel better? You don't like that? <laughs> I don't like when she says that. <laughs> but uh, I, I just, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm stubborn about it. I, I'm stubborn. But, but sometimes you just have to do the thing that's good for you. You got to take a deep breath because you know this. Sometimes you just got to take a deep breath, strengthen your core, brace, and take your medicine. Because you know this is good for me in the end. I don't like it right now. I don't want to do it. 
This doesn't feel good, but this is going to be good for me. It's much better to direct your energy on getting better than it is to focus your energy on being bitter. And when you forgive or when, when you don't forgive, that person still owns a piece of your life. They do. It's affecting you. It's still controlling your emotions. It's controlling your, your stomach problems. Some of you say, oh, well, I've got, uh, you know, I, I've, got, I've got stomach issues. I have to be really careful. I have to take Pepto-Bismol every single night. Or maybe you just have to some, let some things go. Maybe it's affecting your health. I mean, studies have shown that it does. It's affecting your ulcers. It's affecting your blood pressure. They own you. And God says, I want you free. I don't want you wrestling with that stuff. Check out what happens when Joseph's brothers finally understand who he is. And they realize, now they realize what's happened. It's like an oh no moment. This is the end. Lots of things have happened. A lot of processing through grief. A lot of forgiveness, and, and again, you look at the story, there's a lot of it's twists and turns, a lot, of, a lot of things, a lot of hurtful things, and then uh, later the, their father Jacob dies, and the brothers are worried that he's going to kill them now, that maybe he was just being nice to them for, for old dad's sake. Genesis 50, Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. So don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. He's come a long way. He's realized and embraced what I'm trying to get all of us to realize and embrace is that even though bad things have happened, God can still work it out for good. No matter what your story is, no matter how bad it hurt, no matter how much you think, no, I, I'm going to hang on to this to the bitter end, if you allow the, the, the grace of your Savior to come into your heart and to soften you, you will find that he will use that thing that hurt to work for good. All the curveballs, all those moments, he can use them to bring about something better. He didn't cause them, and he grieves with you in the moment. You know, sometimes I think when we go through hard things, we say, well, I don't know, you know, okay, maybe God wants to use this in my life, and so he's caused it for some reason. That's not the truth. He didn't cause it, but he's using it. Bad things happen because we live in a broken, messed up world nothing's wasted nothing is wasted that's what romans 8 tells us it says yet we suffer now and what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory we will reveal he will reveal to us later for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when god will reveal who his children really are against its will all creation was subjected to god's curse but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait we wait with eager hope 
for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he's promised us. And just a few verses later, Romans 8, 28. I just love the truth on this one. This is one. If you're looking for a new tattoo, maybe, maybe this is the one. And we know, we know, we are confident that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You can take a punch and survive it. And you can get back up. It, it might hurt. It might not be pleasant. But you can survive the problems in this life. You can grow through them because you have a God who loves you and he's with you. He walks with you in those valleys. He was with Joseph. He continued to give him success. He never left him. Even in the darkest moments, he was raising him up. You have the same God. You have the same Father. Forgiveness feels like a real gut punch, doesn't it? Boy, boy, it hurts. But with prayer and with practice, forgiving yourself, allowing yourself the space to understand this is going to be a little more complicated than I thought it might be, but just having the attitude that, like Christ, I, I, am, I am willing to extend forgiveness. I'm willing. My heart wants to. I want to be faithful. God will use that. He'll use that. Just trust him. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for uh, just the, the love that you have for us and the forgiveness that you show us every day. We need it. And if, there were ever a, a, if there were ever a person that you could have turned your back on, sir, sure would be any of us in this room. But you don't. You continue to, you continue to reach out to us. Help us to reach back. Help us to, to trust you even when it's hard. And help us to forgive even when it hurts. Because we understand, or at least help us to, to grasp the understanding that you've got us. Even in, even in our pain, you've got us. Help us to find everything we need right there. I ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Can't wait to see you next Sunday.